So, do you want to be a Major League Baseball player or do you want to be in entertainment? This group did both. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who's been a baseball podcaster for a long time. And now that it's 2024, I am now in my sixth year as a podcaster here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or whatever the hell it's called now. And on Instagram, I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Hey, um, let me pull back the curtain a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you, my dear listeners. And by the way, if any of you are listening to me in in the off season and you're listening to me every day, please, 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 when you post something, put in Everyday Sully as your hashtag. It's still 2023 when I'm recording this. It's a little, I'm going to, full disclosure. You may remember um, a couple weeks ago, I did a podcast when Yamamoto signed with the LA Dodgers and I was sitting down to record a podcast that the premise of it was, well, there's no news with Yamamoto not signing. So I came up with this little thing that I had put online. And as I was sitting down to do this very podcast, you're going to hear right now, I got the news that Yamamoto signed with the Dodgers. So I scrapped that show, but here I am. I've got everything set up. I'm going to record it, and I'm going to drop it in a few weeks because this is beyond evergreen. So just a little little pulling back the curtain. I, I wanted to – this is something that's been bouncing around in my head a little bit. Uh, my whole life I've wanted to work in the entertainment industry, and I did for a very long time. I, I, I got to do a bunch of things in, in both in front of the camera and behind the camera. Uh, but my my fantasy of fantasy was to be a great baseball player. And I would have been a great player if only I had the talent. And every once in a while I think about the the lucky ones who got to be a Major League Baseball player and still do s- scratch that creative itch as well. Sometimes you see a great player has a great talent elsewhere. Randy Johnson, for example. One of the most dominant pitchers, certainly of my lifetime, great Hall of Famer, apparently is a terrific photographer. He's a sports photographer. You see him on the sidelines of ga- of like football games, taking photographs. It's pretty. It's it's pretty amazing. Uh, also, you sometimes you've seen you'll see that like uh, uh, oh Jim Kern, another All Star player, uh, went on to. Uh, become a, a fine photographer. There have been people who played professional baseball, never quite made it, who went on to other great things in their career. Um, Kurt Russell is obviously is oddly an example of someone who was an actor. He was a very, he was a very successful child actor. Then was a minor leaguer 
in the California Angels system and briefly played for the uh, Mavericks of Portland, shirt I'm representing right here, and then went back to becoming a terrific movie star. They seem like a bit of a stretch to include them. Uh, But Chuck Connors, who played for the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Boston Celtics, went on to become a huge TV star with the Rifleman and a infielder in the Baltimore Orioles organization named Ron Shelton was blocked from ever making it to the major leagues because the Orioles had players like Mark Belanger and Boog Powell and Brooks Robinson and Bobby Gritch and all these terrific players in front of us who was stuck in the minor leagues for years and years and years. And he used those experience to write a screenplay that earned him an Oscar nomination for called Bull Durham. He later won, he directed Bull Durham and directed some other fine films, including the very successful White Men Can't Jump. So, if, you know, you'll see those, there's sometimes instances like that where someone was in baseball and went on to the world of entertainment. Charlie Pride was a, uh, a star in the Negro Leagues. He, he never made it to the, he never made it to Major League Baseball after integration, but eventually became elected to the Country Music Hall of Fame. In fact, there have been several players in baseball who have found success both as a musician and as a player. One of the more famous ones was Bernie Williams. Bernie Williams, a center fielder for the Yankees, and I think the single most underrated member of the nominal core. I always got offended when they called him the core four, which would have been Posada, Pettit, uh, Rivera, and Jeter. I thought that was incredibly disrespectful to Bernie Williams, who, while was not part of the 09 team, was really the MVP of some of the early Yankee championship teams and was the kind of the unsung hero. Ironically, using the term unsung because he became a musician and was a jazz guitarist and played concerts and everything and wasn't just playing, you know, uh, take me out to the ball game, was an accomplished guitar player. There have been other people, uh, Bronson Arroyo of the Red Sox and the Cincinnati Reds, uh, recorded several albums. And Jack McDowell, this one I remember, he was, for those who don't remember Black Jack McDowell, he was one of the biggest college baseball stars of all time. He went on to have a lot of success with the Chicago White Sox, winning the American League Cy Young Award in 1993. Around the time he was releasing albums for his band called View, which was kind of an alternative rock band of which he sang and played guitar. And those happened concurrently. Now, View wasn't the monster success at the time, but they had their following. They sold a bunch of albums and it was more than a novelty. There's sometimes you see like what Ken Griffey Jr. rapped an album, which was a yo-boy. But, uh, but McDowell was an actual musician. And I, you know, it's kind of cool when you get to play two ends of the entertainer. Oh, by the way, another person who was a, a wonderful player and an accomplished musician who released many CDs was Ruben Sierra. Ruben Sierra, who was a fantastic player for the Texas, mainly for the Texas Rangers, played a lot of years with the Yankees, uh, bounced around a little bit, kind of had a weird middle part of his career where he, where he lost his way, then he found it. Uh, and, and had a fantastic career, also recorded several salsa albums, of which 
look at, I can't claim to be an expert on the topic, but apparently he was good enough to record more than one. And this was, of course, back before anyone could record anything. So the fact that he had uh, producers and going into the studio, well, I listened to some of it. Wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. But the thing, I, I asked this on, on Twitter or whatever the hell it's called now, and I also asked this uh, some of the other Locked On hosts this question as well, about the greatest acting performances, the greatest cameos by Major League Baseball players on either a TV show or in a movie. And I, I got a bunch of suggestions, and I had some myself. And I'm going to list, uh, in the next segment, I'm going to list the best that appear in a movie. And the final segment, I'm going to list the best cameos in a TV show because there's one specific one that, to me, stands heads and shoulders above the rest because it was more than just a cameo by this former player, but also it was really terrific. But we're going to talk a little bit about the best appearances by Major League Baseball players in a movie. Sounds like an Oscar category. Let's talk a little bit about FanDuel. Look at the NFL season. Looks like we'll be hitting the playoffs by the time you're hearing this. And you better score soon with FanDuel. That's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-under, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn for the NFL season's finale. It's FanDuel, which is an official partner of the National Football League. Quick reminder for those of you who don't know this, Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Lockdown plus national shows like this one, covering every league. So go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, let's take a look at, I, I typed these up. Uh, the other day when I, or the other day, earlier today when I'm recording this, uh, when I, when the Yamamoto news hit and I had these notes in front of me, but here we go. Um, movies. Now the film Pride of the Yankees, which stars Gary Cooper, by the way, I'm a huge old movie fan. I love old movie stars. I love Bogart and James Cagney and Cary Grant and, uh, you know, uh, Clark Gable. I love all those old movie stars. Gregory Peck. The, the appeal of Gary Cooper will always elude me. I'm, I do not like Gary Cooper as an actor. Even when he's in great movies like Pride of the Yankees or High Noon, to me, when I watch him act, it's like watching the gym teacher have to say a couple of lines in the school play. And again, I love classic films. I love them. Love him, love him, love him. I'm not a big Gary Cooper fan. In fact, Gary Cooper was outacted by Babe Ruth in Pride of the Yankees. And actually, Babe Ruth is hilarious. And Babe Ruth did a lot of film appearances, did a lot of like shorts and comedy shorts and everything like that. And you know what? He was pretty good. I, I, I'm not saying I would cast him as Macbeth, 
But I'm saying playing Babe Ruth, he's kind of funny playing Babe Ruth in movies. He, he gets it. And playing yourself is not always easy. If you don't believe me, watch Pride of the Yankees when Bill Dickey, Hall of Famer, shows up. And he's as wooden as, as Gary Cooper. By the way, it's a, it's a trivia question right there. What is the only film to be nominated for Best Picture that also featured two members of the Baseball Hall of Fame? The answer to that question is Pride of the Yankees, which featured both Bill Dickey and Babe Ruth. By the way, Jackie Robinson played himself in the Jackie Robinson story. I, I know this is sacrilege. He's, he's bad in it. He's not a good actor. It's, I guess it's not always easy to play yourself, but Babe Ruth is great in it. Um, I mentioned Cary Grant. I love, I'm a huge Cary Grant fan. I love Doris Day, and the two of them were in the film That Touch of Mink. And in that, they the two of them inexplicably are sitting in the dugout at Yankee Stadium, and Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle are in the dugout with them, and they each have a line that it's like, they mumble it. It's very clear the director was like, cut. I guess that's the best we're going to do. But the funny thing is, is it sets up a, you know, jokes are best told in threes. And Maris sets up the joke. Mantle sets up the joke. And then Yogi Berra has the punchline. And Yogi is great. Yogi, like Babe Ruth, is great at playing himself. And, of course, Yogi did a ton of ads and everything like that. He just was fun. By the way, uh, watch uh, uh, It's Not Over. I think that's the name of the, the go on Netflix and, and, and type in Yogi Berra. The Lindsay Berra uh, documentary about him is absolutely wonderful. Um, uh, one of my favorite uh, kind of, it's a weird, in fact, I didn't even realize until relatively recently that this was a staged scene. In The Odd Couple, the, the original movie, The Odd Couple, not the TV show, the movie with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau that came out around 67, 68. Uh, Oscar Madison, the Walter Matthau character, is a sports writer, and he's covering the Mets. And there's a scene when Felix interrupts him, and he misses a triple play uh, because he's on the phone talking about hot dogs with with Felix. I didn't know until recently that that was a staged scene. That that wasn't they didn't just film a uh, a, a Pirates Mets game when a player hit into a triple play. No, they actually had to stage it because it happens in the background as uh, Walter Matthau's on the phone. And in the movie, Bill Mazeroski hits into a game-ending triple play that, that Oscar Madison misses. In the original script, the great Roberto Clemente, whose biography I just happened to have right there, in the script, it was Roberto Clemente who hit into the triple play. But Clemente would not do it because he said, I don't hit into triple plays. Great player. May not have had the best sense of humor on that. Um, the underrated film, there was a period where there was a bunch of kids playing in involved in Major League Baseball. There was Rookie of the Year. There was, uh, um, what was the other one? Um, there was Angels in the Outfield. A Little Big League was actually kind of underrated. It was a well-made film. And there were a lot of cameos by major leaguers like Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey Jr., Lou Pinella. But 1986 met Kevin Elster is in the film, but he's not playing Kevin Elster. He actually is playing a member of the Twins, and he's playing a fictitious character, and he's not bad. He's a very good-looking dude. Kevin Elster is a very handsome dude, and he's not bad acting in the film. Um, 
Oh, by the way, when I say sometimes uh, playing yourself is not easy on camera, uh, Tom Lasorda, who was always a great interview, always funny on camera, he's in one of the worst baseball films ever made. It's called Ed. It's with Matt LeBlanc from Friends and a, a baseball playing chimp. Tom Lasorda is in it playing himself. He is horrible in it. Um, a couple other uh, – oh, by the way, uh, John Cruck, who's always funny on camera, also played a, uh, a baseball player other than himself uh, in the thriller The Fan with Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. A pretty bad movie. But he's – John Krupp plays the Giants' first baseman. It's interesting seeing him in the Giants' uniform. Uh, Joe Charbonneau, former American League Rookie of the Year, was one of the New York Knights in The Natural. And Frank Thomas played a Yankee prospect who basically pushes Tom Selleck out of the major leagues in the film uh, Mr. Baseball. A um, couple of – oh, uh, the Trot Nixon, Jason Varitek – and especially Johnny Damon have a funny cameo in Fever Pitch. Uh, Johnny Damon uh, actually has two scenes. There's a scene where Trotnix and Jason Veritek and Johnny Damon are having a friendly dinner after a brutal Red Sox loss, which makes uh, Jimmy Fallon and his friends realize, oh, man, what are we doing with our lives if the, very, if the players can move on? But there's a funny scene when uh, Drew Barrymore runs on the field and runs around Johnny Damon, who is playing himself in the film. And I thought that was uh, um, a funny moment in that film. One of my uh, – Reggie Jackson has played – has had several movie cameos. Um, in basketball, he was uh, very funny. In basketball, he's appeared in a couple of the ones. But it's obviously the best Reggie Jackson performance is in The Naked Gun where he plays the hypnotized assassin saying, I must kill the queen, where Ricardo Montalban hypnotizes him to assassinate Elizabeth, uh, Queen Elizabeth, uh, a plot point that sounds like a Mad Lib. By the way, The Naked Gun also featured a bunch of other uh, baseball announcers, including Tim McCarver and Jim Palmer. And the late, great Jay Johnstone plays himself on the Mariners, a team he never played for in real life. Um uh, Derek Jeter and Roger Clemens are both in anger management. Uh, and uh, Derek Jeter is actually funny in the film The Other Guys. Uh, that He has a cameo in that film. Uh, and Roger Clemens plays a crazed redneck in Kingpin, which I thought was very funny. And the, the dreadful sequel to the Bad News Bears, Bad News Bears breaking training, they go to the Astrodome, and a bunch of the Astros, including Cesar Cedeno and Bob Watson, uh, have a bunch of lines, including Bob Watson yelling, hey, come on, let the kids play. But I think um, I think the best use of a, of a major leaguer in a movie uh, was in the film 61, which is a wonderful film that Billy Crystal made for HBO in 2001. And in the it follows the chase of Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle chasing the Babe Ruth's home run record. And at one point, the manager of the Orioles brings in Hoyt Wilhelm, a knuckleballer, to pitch to Roger Maris. You know, knuckleballs are the hardest uh, pitch to hit. And Billy Crystal, being the rabid baseball fan, cast Tom Candiotti to play Hoyt Wilhelm. The significance of that... Tom Candiotti was a real-life Major League pitcher who threw the knuckleball. So he cast someone who could actually throw the knuckleball in real life. And I always, when I saw there was Tom Candiotti playing Hoyt Wilhelm, I thought, 
Billy Crystal gets it. He really, really gets it. We come back, there's a bunch for television, including the one which I think is the single greatest uh, performance by a major leaguer. Quick reminder that Locked On is launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports streaming channel. Okay, there have been a lot of baseball player cameos on television. Reggie Jackson, uh, by the way, appeared on a a couple, including visiting Archie Bunker's place and on Archie Bunker's place. Uh, A lot of people wrote in saying uh, the greatest uh, performance of the greatest uh, performance by a baseball player in a TV show was Keith Hernandez being Elaine's date on Seinfeld. And to me, that's number two. And that's a great episode. It's the one with the JFK parody, which was added humor because Wayne Knight Newman was in the JFK parody and was in JFK. So when they were they're doing a parody of the Magic Bullet scene, Wayne Knight is in both the real scene and the parody, which I think is pretty funny. And it also featured a, a cameo by uh, Roger McDowell as well. But Keith Hernandez is really funny as Elaine's date and uh, and and uh, and Jerry's fascination with him. Jerry Seinfeld, of course, is a huge Met fan, and so there's that element of the Mets on the team. Uh, Larry David, the co-creator of Seinfeld, is a huge Yankee fan. And there were a lot of great Yankee cameras. Paul O'Neill was very funny on it, as was Buck Showalter. Uh, Danny Tartable was funny when he was eating the uh, donut with a fork and knife. Uh, Derek Jeter and Bernie Williams. Bernie Williams, much better guitar player than he is an actor. A very funny clip uh, cameo by Willie Mays on the TV show Bewitched in the 1960s, which was about... Uh, a housewife who's also a witch, and at one point the the she brings her husband to this party of other witches, and at one point other witches and warlocks, and at one point Willie Mays is one of the people. Willie Mays is himself is there, and the husband's like, "Oh wait, Willie Mays is a witch," and she said, "Yeah, how do you think he's hits all those home runs?" And then Willie Mays says, "Oh, I better go to the ballpark," and then he twitches his nose and disappears. That was pretty funny. Uh, people like my age who grew up watching the Brady Bunch all remember Don Drysdale's appearance on the Brady Bunch. Sandy Koufax faced off against Mr. Ed. Uh, Leo DeRocher had an absolutely inexplicably bizarre cameo on The Munsters, a fun TV show about a family of which the of monsters living on a street, and DeRocher is has kind of a funny scene and at the end makes a joke about Vietnam. It's a weird scene. Uh, Ryan Howard, by the way, Ryan Howard was the name of uh, BJ Novak's character on The Office. And then Ryan Howard, the former Phillies great, later appeared on an episode of The Office and was very funny. And Ryan Howard and Chase Sutley were also funny in an episode of It's Always Sunny in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, fans of the Sully Baseball Podcast remember when Ellis Valentine was on the show, former all-star great of the Expos. He was on an episode of Fantasy Island, along with Ken Brett, George Brett, and Fred Lynn. Uh, a couple people played, like uh, Josh Donaldson, oddly, played a Viking 
in the show The Vikings. Go figure. Barry Bonds played a fictionalized version of himself on Beverly Hills 90210. Uh, King Griffey Jr. was on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. When I met Sparky Anderson at a baseball event, I said to him, you were really funny on WKRP in Cincinnati, which made I made Sparky Anderson laugh. He has a great cameo in WKRP in Cincinnati when he was recently fired by the Reds and in real life, and KRP brings him on to do a sports talk show. And he's funny on it. Um, Mike Piazza, one of the great catchers of all time, gave a completely wooden performance and a cameo on Baywatch. Uh, Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker have a cameo on an episode of Magnum P.I. that I did totally buy because both Magnum and the actor Tom Selleck, who played him in real life, was a rabid Detroit Tiger fan. And in the episode, he does not recognize Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker. And I call BS on that. I like cameos kind of like when uh, Billy Crystal cast uh, Tom Candiotti to play Hoyt Wilhelm. In The Bronx is Burning, another made-for-TV film about the Yankees, there's a scene when George Steinbrenner is trying to woo Reggie Jackson, the former great Oakland A's slugger, to join the Yankees. And while he's making his pitch to him, a cab driver honks his horn, and the cab driver leans out and says, Hey, Reggie, sign with the Yankees. The cab driver is played by Jason Giambi, another former Oakland star who signed with the Yankees. I like that. Uh, the greatest resume of any f- former uh, Major League player in TV belongs to Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs appeared on three of the great comedy shows of all time. He has a really funny cameo in Cheers, of which there's a lot of pictures of Wade Boggs and Sam Malone. Because remember, Sam Malone, the, the Ted Danson character, was a former Red Sox player turned uh, barkeep in Boston. Um, Wade Boggs is on the famous uh, uh, baseball episode of The Simpsons, along with Ken Griffin. Let's see if I can, let's see if I can remember the, the Springfield team. It was Clemens. Pitching, Mike Socia, catcher, Don Mattingly, who was funny uh, at, at first, Steve Sachs at second, Ozzie Smith at short, Wade Boggs at third, and an outfield of Canseco, Ken Griffey Jr., and Daryl Strawberry. Boom, I named this the Springfield starting nine there. Uh, so Boggs was on Cheers and The Simpsons, and greatest of all in uh, the beer-drinking cameo in the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But I have to say... Greater than Boggs, greater than Keith Hernandez. There have been some really good cameos that I've just listed here. But the greatest one was involved tangentially, Seinfeld, on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Larry David had an episode where he met up with Bill Buckner. And the whole episode was Larry David and Bill Buckner becoming friends and walking around New York together. And they bump into a, they, they go to, I think it was a Seder or some sort of a, uh, some sort of a Jewish ceremony where the rabbi was a big Red Sox fan, didn't want to see Buckner again. And the two of them, because uh, Larry made a, uh, an error that cost his team a game on his softball league and Bill Buckner was commiserating. And at the end, they're walking past a fire uh, a building that was on fire and a firefighter was saving a baby and the firefighter dropped the baby and Bill Buckner ran 
made a dive and caught the baby and saved the baby's life. And everyone started cheering Bill Buckner for making the play. It was funny. Bill Buckner was good in it. Bill Buckner had, especially for all the crap he got for the most overrated play in baseball history, it didn't cost the Red Sox the World Series. The game was already tied. He got so much more grief than he ever, ever, ever deserved for that. But that he played off of it was charming and funny and insanely likable in the episode and had that glorious moment when he catches the baby and there's this great shot of him cradling the baby with a huge grin on his face as everyone was cheering him. It was funny. It it was more than just a, hey, look at this. We got this guy cameo like they would do in Arliss or Entourage or whatever. It was And it was actually kind of lump in your throat touching at the end which doesn't always happen on Curb Your Enthusiasm. So that's what, when, when asked, what was the greatest cameo by a major league player in a TV or movie? I, you know what? As close as Keith Hernandez gets, it was another Larry David production that I think gave the greatest one. If you agree with me, let me know. Put it in the comments here on YouTube or anywhere else. And, uh, yeah, this is what I was going to do the night that Yamamoto signed. But I decided to share it with you because I already typed up my notes. So go to Locked On and Milby Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Thinking about the great cameos and also some of the musicians who also played Major League Baseball, this has been Locked On MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.